Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our app so you can keep up with everything happening at Creekwood. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Well, my husband Matthew and I, we have been married for 15 years now, and we have three amazing kids. Our oldest is Elena, and she's 12. And this girl, yeah, they have a picture of my crew. This girl, she is, she's just got a heart of gold. She's so sweet, so loving, and so kind. She's even one of our student volunteers in Critters, so she's back there serving her little heart out this morning. And then our middle child, Logan, he's 10. And he is our adventurous child and our creative child. And he's even volunteering in our Creekwood Kids Ministry this morning on the junior worship team. So I'm just so proud of those two kids. And then we have our youngest, our sweet baby Kelly. I keep saying she's my baby, but she's not so much a baby anymore. She's seven, and she is our spicy child. (laughs) I know, there's more people in here that have spicy kids, right? She is our spicy kid. She keeps us on our toes. She is so fun so bubbly. You can tell from this picture that she's my spicy one. That's why I picked that picture. But it's amazing how different my kids are. You know, they, they're in all different areas and they tend to fall in different extremes. For example, my son Logan, he kind of falls on this extreme and his idea of a good time is he just wants to be at home. He's my homebody. Anybody else that are homebodies? Yeah, he just loves to be at home. You give that kid a good book and he is happy as can be. And then Elena, she kind of falls in the middle where she's like, I just go, Matthew and I, we call her our go with the flow girl. She's happy to be around her friends and family, but she's also content to be at home. She just goes with the flow. And then Kelly tends to fall on this far opposite extreme, way far on the opposite. She just loves to be around people. She thrives to be around people. And it was so funny because I told my kids, I said, hey, Pastor Stephen asked me to speak for Mother's Day, and she immediately jumped up and she said, Mom, can I do it for you? Like, she just wants to be around her people. And my kids are such a great example of human behavior. And even as adults, we tend to think in extremes, right? We tend to fall into this trap of thinking it has to be one or the other. You know, a lot of times we view life as beautiful, and if life is beautiful, we say, well, our relationships are going well. My spouse and I are getting along. My kids are getting good grades in school. And then as, soon, as soon as something bad happens, we immediately throw ourselves into this other category and say, well, life's just messy. You know, sometimes we get a bad note from the doctor, or we lose, the, you know, we lose a loved one, or maybe our kids have entered into a new phase, and it's just been a challenge and a struggle to parent them in this new phase, and we view things just as messy. And our life story, it's filled with this never-ending cycle of beautiful and messy moments, you know, the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs, and those mountaintop moments and those valley moments. And when I think of motherhood, or simply being human, as we're living out this story we call life, the first thing that comes to my mind is, it's a beautiful mess, (laughs) right? Those of you with toddlers, you know, right? It's a beautiful mess 24-7. You know, it's amazing how I could be sitting at home on the couch with my kids all snuggled up, and we're enjoying this sweet, precious moment, which doesn't always happen very often, so I'm just soaking this moment up, 
and my husband can walk in with a box of pizza, and my sweet, precious kids instantly turn into these wrestling maniacs, and they're fighting over who gets the first slice of pizza. It's a beautiful mess. And it's easy to fall into this trap that it has to be one or the other, because it's naturally how we see life. It's the culture we live in, and it tends to creep into how we view God. But is that what faith really is? Does it have to be one or the other? And sometimes we think if it's good, it's got to be God. But if it's not good, God can't be in this. And today I want to challenge us to allow God to change our perspective and see that faith can be found in the middle of the mess when we invite God to meet us there. And throughout scripture, we see that the Bible is filled with all of these beautifully messy stories and these beautifully messy people. And there's this tension that is found all throughout scripture that life is both beautiful and messy. It's not one or the other. And at times, it can be both at the same exact time. And embracing this tension can be difficult for us, but learning to embrace this tension can be so powerful for us. And we all have a story that is filled with the beautiful and the messy. And someone needs to hear today that you are not alone in the middle of your mess. You are not alone in the middle of the storm you are facing. God is with you. The mess, it exists for all of us, little or big. And today I want us to look at Daniel chapter 3. It's in the Old Testament. And if you grew up in church, if you went to Sunday school, you know this story by heart. This is actually one of my kids' favorite Bible stories, which is one of the reasons I picked it for today. Um, But this is a story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three young men, they found themselves in a messy situation. In fact, it was a life and death situation. At that time, King Nebuchadnezzar was ruling, and he constructed this 90-foot-tall, 9-foot-wide golden statue, and he invited all the land to come and worship and bow down to this golden statue. And so they would play music, and as soon as the music would stop, everyone was commanded to bow down and worship. And if you refused to bow down, you were going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down and worship And they were the only three to remain standing. And when the king heard of this, he confronted them. And that's what we're going to pick up today. It's Daniel chapter 3, verse 13. It says, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, lyre, harps, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So King Nebuchadnezzar, he confronted these guys. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to face the king himself. The king reminded them and gave them a second chance to bow down, and he reminded them that their fate is the fiery furnace if they don't bow down and worship. And he said, what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Makes you wonder, what would you do in that situation? Their faith was being tested in a mighty way. 
I know what I would like to think I would do in that situation, but what would you do? How would you respond when faced with the question, what God is big enough for your current situation? Their faith was tested, and this is how they responded to the king. In verse 16, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. These three verses are so incredibly powerful. The faith these men had in their current situation. I mean, this is a life and death situation. They were just about to be thrown into the fiery furnace, but they had faith to be able to stand boldly and declare, we believe our God can save us. We believe our God will rescue us. But even if he doesn't, we still believe and we are not going to bow down. And what I love about these verses is that it shows us that their faith was not based on the outcome that they desired. Their faith was based only on the character and goodness of God. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had a can, will, even if kind of faith. What a powerful declaration of faith these men had. I want us to look at that powerful, bold statement they declared. That first part, they said, our God can save us. We serve a big God. We serve a mighty God. And he is the creator of the heaven and the earth. I mean, he formed man from the dust of the ground and he breathed life into us. Can I tell you, there are no limits to what our God can do. Our God can. Our God is able. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's faith, it was built up over time. They had a maturity about their faith. They understood that God is God and we are not. And when you build your faith on a firm foundation and a storm comes your way, you can remain faithful. You can remain standing strong. And these young men not only said, our God can, but they said, our God will. They had faith in the power of God. They had faith to say, my God will rescue us, even without seeing it done yet. That is true faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We serve a big God who can and who is able, but we also serve a willing God who loves us. And no matter what mess or storm comes our way, our God can save us. Our God will rescue us. He is able. And the last part of that powerful statement, they said, but even if he doesn't, we still believe. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had developed a faith that can stand even in the midst of difficulty. And a type of faith like that, that doesn't just happen overnight. Being able to declare a bold statement of faith like that doesn't just happen. And my husband and I, we had to experience an even if he doesn't moment in our life. 11 years ago, this past December, we had to face one of the greatest storms that we've ever had to go through together. We had a miscarriage and we lost our sweet baby son, Jack. And I remember when we got pregnant with him, I was just so excited. You know, we'd been trying for this baby. We'd been praying and believing 
that God was going to help this baby grow strong and healthy. We were praying over this baby's future, saying, God, use this baby in a mighty way. We were praying and believing that God was, had big plans for him. And our first trimester, everything went so smooth, no complications. But shortly into our second trimester, my husband got home from work one night, and I just knew something wasn't right. So he rushed me to the hospital, and the doctor came in, and he confirmed our biggest fear, which was that there was no heartbeat and that I was miscarrying. And it was the most devastating thing we have ever had to go through. And losing our son, Jack, it was just gut-wrenching and heartbreaking for us. You know, the outcome that we were hoping and praying and believing for was not the outcome that we received. And we were standing face-to-face with an even-if-he-doesn't moment. And one in four pregnancies, unfortunately, miscarry, but for something so common, I remember feeling so alone. However, God turned our mess and our suffering into something beautiful. In the middle of that devastating heartbreak, God brought us peace. He gave us comfort. He gave us the strength to keep moving forward. And I can tell you my journey of healing has been anything but easy. But I have hope knowing that one day I will get to spend eternity in heaven with God. And I have hope knowing that one day I will get to meet my son, Jack. And I have hope knowing that this is not the end of my story. Our story here on this earth is not the end of our story. When we put our faith in God, it is a solid foundation for us to stand on. The Bible tells us that there will be difficulties in our lives, that there will be storms that we face. So how do we get to that place where we can stand boldly in the middle of our storm and have a can-will even if faith? If I'm honest, I hate, I absolutely hate when those messy seasons come my way, where I feel so weary or so broken down, where I just need God to show up. And if I'm honest, I do whatever I can to avoid from feeling that way. And maybe you do too. You know, there's, there's, we all do different things when these seasons approach us. Sometimes we shove it away. You know, life's busy. We live a fast-paced life, right? We just got to shove it away, deal with it later. Now, I'm a country girl, and I grew up with two brothers, two very rough and rowdy brothers, keep in mind. So at a very young age, I had to quickly learn how to master the stiff arm. Those of you with brothers, you know, you know how important that stiff arm was. I had to keep my distance from their smelly armpits. I had to keep them from putting my head in dirt. I had to keep my distance from getting run over by the dirt bike. So I learned this as a very, at a very young age. And unfortunately, following my miscarriage, this is how I responded for so long. I said, God, I love you. I trust you. I trust you in all areas of my life except for this one area because it was too hard. It was too painful for me to go there. So it's like I boxed up all my heartache and my pain and my anger and all my emotions and I boxed it up and I gave it the stiff arm. And I said, I will deal with this later. Sometimes we explain it away. Well, maybe God allowed this to happen, so then this could happen. And we try to guess what God is up to. Sometimes we downplay it. For a while there, I remember feeling, I shouldn't be sad. I only lost one baby when I have friends who have lost multiple babies. We downplay it. Sometimes we play the blame game. We might ask God, where are you? Are you even there? Are you listening? Or we blame ourselves. I should have done this. 
I should have done that. But God wants us to make space for our grief and suffering. He wants us to invite him in to the middle of our mess or in the middle of our storm. And I want us to look at three postures that can help us have a can, will, even if kind of faith. When we're willing to be transparent with God with our little and our big moments of suffering, we can discover the depth of his love and his comfort. Because can I tell you, God is enough in any situation, in any mess, in any trial or circumstance. The first posture is the posture of surrender. Surrender to God. Get everything out of the way so that there is nothing between you and God so that you can experience the fullness of his love. Because can I tell you, you are fully known and fully loved by him. Be honest with God in the middle of your mess. Bring your questions and doubts to him. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When we surrender and we invite God in to meet us in the middle of the mess, our faith will rise in him and we can experience that hope and that joy and that comfort because it is a result of the God we trust in. And there is nothing too big or too small for God. God understands your pain and he is big enough to handle your questions. Can I tell you, your questions are not dangerous to your faith. Your doubts are not dangerous to your faith. Now, unprocessed questions can be dangerous. Process with the wrong person can be dangerous. If you try to process with no one, that can be dangerous. But your questions and your doubts are not dangerous to your faith when, you are, when they are brought to God. They were even modeled by Jesus. Before Jesus died on the cross, he knew exactly what was about to happen, that he was going to die a criminal's death and be raised again to save all of mankind from their sins. He knew that because he was fully God. But he was also fully human, and he knew exactly what that would mean and exactly how that was going to feel. And so he questioned God's plan. He said in Luke twenty two forty two, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Jesus even was questioning God's plan. God, can you do it a different way? Because this is hard. But Jesus understood that it's not my will, it's God's will. <clears throat> And maybe you said that to God. Let me reassure you that Jesus, who is fully God, can approach God himself with his questions and his doubts, and they are not toxic or dangerous, and they are even modeled for us in Scripture. Then you too can approach God with your questions and your doubts. For me, miscarrying my son Jack, it forced me to go there. I remember thinking, God, I believed that you had big plans for his life. God, did you do this? How can I believe you're good? God, did I do this? Why me? And honestly, I'm embarrassed and ashamed to say it took me 10 years to finally go there with God, to finally go to him with my questions and my doubts. A little over a year ago, I joined our infertility and pregnancy loss life group here at Creekwood. And can I tell you, it took everything inside of me just to sign up for this group. 
And it took everything inside of me and more to actually show up. But what I found, there is power in community. There is strength in community. And what I love about the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is that they weren't facing their mess alone. They were in it together. They found strength in community. They found strength to stand up and not bow down, even though everyone else around them was doing the opposite. And being a part of this life group here at Creekwood showed me I'm not alone in the middle of my mess. I'm not alone in the middle of my heartache. There are others who are going through the same thing I was going through. And that life group helped me get to a place where I could finally go there with God, where I could go to him with my questions, my doubts, and my anger that I had been holding onto for so long. And when I was finally able to go there, I can tell you I have never felt more raw and more exposed in my entire life. But at the same time, I have never felt more loved and more seen and more comforted in my entire life. I felt God's presence in a way I can't even explain. And when I was finally able to go there with my questions, I realized I didn't need my questions answered. I just needed God. And some of you might be asking, why me? God, where are you? What is going on? Are you hearing my prayers when I cry out to you? God, why are you allowing this to happen? Don't walk away from God in the middle of your pain and in the middle of your suffering. Hold on to him and draw near to him. Bring your doubts and questions to him because he can handle them. He will sit with you. He will comfort you. And when we walk with God, we will see that he is faithful and that he is enough. The second posture is a posture of waiting, to wait on God. Spend time in prayer seeking God. And from experience, I can tell you, sometimes this waiting period can be the most difficult. You know, I know we have a lot of graduating students, and maybe you're in a season right now of waiting on direction. Maybe you're in a season right now that you are just waiting for that family that you have longed for for so long, and you're in the season of waiting. Psalm 27, 14 says, wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous, and yes, wait patiently for the Lord. When we wait on God, he will renew our strength. And just because we might not see God working doesn't mean God isn't doing something. God is in the details. He is in the middle of our story. His spirit is moving even when we don't feel it. God's timing is perfect. God's plan for your life is perfect. Wait on God. And the third posture is the posture of praise. To praise God Praise God in the middle of your storm. Psalm 100 verse 6 says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise God not for the outcome that you are hoping and praying for, but praise God for who he is. You know, there might be dozens of reasons why you might not feel like praising God. But because of who he is, because of his nature, because of his goodness, because of his faithfulness, we can choose to praise him. 
Don't let the current situation or outcome of the mess determine your faith. Make space for God in all areas of your life. Worship Him and speak hope to your soul. You know, that Bible verse, that worship song, that truth of who God is that is speaking louder to you than the lies within you. Praise His name. I can tell you our hope is in our heavenly Father, not in an answered prayer. And just because He might not answer my prayers and your prayers in my timing and my way doesn't mean He isn't good. God is still good. He is still working. And it's in that place when we invite Him in where I believe that we can experience the depth of his love and his comfort. And our worship team is going to sing a song and close this out this morning, and they're going to sing a song called God is in this story. We all have a story. Our stories all look different, but the common factor is God is right in the middle of our stories. He has never left us and he never will leave us. God is working in our life. And I just want, this song is so powerful and I just want you to reflect on the words of this song and invite him in wherever you are because God will meet you there. God has a plan, a much bigger plan than we can see right now. His timing is not our timing. His ways are not our ways. And when we put our faith in the character and goodness of God, we can get to a place where we can stand boldly in the middle of our storm, where we can stand boldly in the middle of our pain and declare, I believe my God can. I believe my God will. But even if he doesn't, I still believe. Creekwood Church, no, God loves you. You are fully known and fully loved by him. Invite him in. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this morning. God, thank you for who you are, God. Thank you for loving us unconditionally, God. Thank you for being in the middle of our story. God, I pray no matter what we face in life, maybe it's something we've gone through in the past or something we're going through right now. God, I pray that we invite you in, God. I pray that you meet us exactly where we are, God. And when we invite you in, God, I pray that we see that there is beauty to be found in the middle of the mess, that there is joy to be found in the middle of the mess. God, I pray that we experience your peace and comfort and strength. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we want to partner with you on this journey. Learn more about taking your next steps by visiting our website at creekwoodchurch.com or by downloading the Creekwood app. We look forward to hearing from you.